And I'm saying this, remember David, remember all his troubles, remember how he promised God, he made a vow to God, I'm not going home, I'm not going to bed, I'm not going to sleep, I'm not even taking time to rest until I find a home for God. Such devotion, such determination. And we talked about David last week and we talked about Moses. And we learned three things from the following as we just quickly recap. One, the vision was clear that God told Moses exactly how he wanted to build this tabernacle in the wilderness or this tent. The reason God wanted to build it because he wants to meet with people. And the wonderful thing about even the few of us here this morning is that God wants to meet with us and has through worship this morning. You know, sometimes, forgive me, I like having my arms in the air and I do like dancing up a bit. But you know, there are sometimes I just like to sit and be saturated. And this morning, I, I didn't feel like jumping up and down. I just had this wonderful, wow, I just sit and just listen to this as if I was listening to a CD this morning. So sometimes I don't express myself verbally in that sense, but I'm being saturated by God this morning. And sometimes I do love just the musicians playing. And I really felt in communion that just to play and minister. You don't know the power of worship, do we? God gave us worship. And uh, one of the wonderful things about music is, is great communicator. Music is a great communicator, isn't it? It's a wonderful communicator. And um, God said, I want that to be a daily experience. So build me a tent. It was some size, but build me a tent where I can meet with God. And God's great desire is that he wants, I want to encourage you this morning. Wherever you are, God wants to meet with you. Yes? I don't know what concept you have, but let me give you one concept quite clearly. For God so loved the world that he gave us his son Jesus, not just to save us for salvation, but to have a fellowship and a relationship with us for eternity. And so God had this plan and this vision. And then he said, in order for it to happen, though, people have got to do something about it. People have got to want to build this tent that I want and they've got to give generously so that the tent can be built. And this is what it says in the scriptures. Those with willing hearts, you know, they want to underline the word willing because no matter how much God wants to meet with you, he can't if you're not willing. How willing are we to meet with God? That, that, that's a key factor to everything. You see, it says this, those with willing hearts, they brought gold Silver, bronze, jewellery, fabrics, skins, ackee wood. Some women spun yarns and brought beautiful fabrics of linen as well as goat's hair for the tent. The people brought more, and this is the second thing I want to say, the people brought more than was needed and so the word went out through the camp, stop bringing in material. Wouldn't it be wonderful if I said, stop, we've got too many Sunday school teachers. <laughs> You're all laughing at that one. Stop, we've got so many musicians that, you know, there's so many musicians here. I'm not sure what kind of role we can put. In other words, we've got so many people doing everything in the church that basically we say, wow, what an abundance of wealth of talent. And I don't care how many of us sitting here this morning, every one of you, 
can be proactive in our church because I'd love to see that happen. And I'm hoping as I leave in the next season comes that that verse of scripture I've just given you will saturate your heart. They were willing to bring, to make sure that God's vision was brought. In other words, God said, I've got a lovely vision, but I can't bring it into being. I need people. I need people. Isn't it wonderful to know God needs you this morning? This God who created the heaven and the earth is sitting there saying, I'd love, I'd love to have my name worshipped and praised in Erdens and Elam. I'd love a guitarist and a keyboard and a violinist, etc., etc. Oh, we've got some. And you're making something happen that God wants. Encourage yourself. You are making something happen that God wants. Because if you'd all stayed in bed, you'd been left with DVDs and videos. If you, all of you, had stayed in bed, and I think there's so many sick and so many maybe on holiday, I don't know where everyone is, but whatever they are, whatever they are, if you didn't come this morning, God couldn't be glorified in worship here. I'm not making this stuff up. And I'm not saying anything blasphemous that God needs me. God does need me in the relationship for me to do what he's called me to. So he said to Moses, you need to go and see if we can get some... You know, get Anna willing to bring her gold and silver. She's got quite a bit of it. And we need, obviously, some Felix to bring some fabrics and skins and some, some yarn as he's been knitting. We need all this stuff to come together and so that my tent can be built. I'm happy that God wants me to work in his kingdom. He doesn't say to me, I'm going to be successful. I want you to notice that. I want to be successful, but that's not the criteria that God has called me. It's not the criteria that God has called you. God has called you to do something for him and let him build what success is. Because our version of success is not necessarily his version of success. He might be so delighted with your worship this morning that that has been recorded in heaven. And we might be thinking, well, there's only a few of us here this morning. And God might one day when we get to heaven say on the 3rd of July, this is the 3rd of July, isn't it? On the 3rd, oh by the way, I'm not preaching from my notes at the moment. From the 3rd of July, from the 3rd of July, 2022, I had a wonderful time in Erdent and Elam listening to worship. Because that's how he might judge success this morning. Simply, Andrew, you coming out this morning, even for prayer, is something saying to God, here's a man who's got something on his heart and he wants, he wants to share it with me. That's why those prayer things are not. By the way, Alan doesn't want prayer. Don't go over there. He doesn't want prayer. What I'm saying to you is, though, coming out for prayer is something that's saying to God. We need to be to relax and enjoy that God wants us to work. And the third thing, I must get back to my notes. The third thing is that whatever we do for God, it needs to be anointed. You see, I can work my socks off, but if it's not anointed, it's on a human level. It still be, could still be successful, but it's the anointing of God, isn't it? How many times in the Bible have you read, go and anoint him with oil? Seriously, how many times have you read it? Elijah, go and anoint Elijah. Samuel, go and anoint David. Now, I'm not telling you what to do in the September. But if you do what I say, you'll be fruitful. 
But this, what I'm saying to you is, there may be a day in the service where you have a different kind of service, where you start and launch with your new minister and say, listen, we want to build something for God. But we need to be anointed. We recognise that God has called us, Christine Whiteman, to do Sunday school. You recognise that, that's the first thing. The second thing you bring, of course, is you bring yourself. But I believe you need to be anointed. And you know, it may be, just maybe one Sunday morning, you have a different kind of service, and you say, we're going to have the oil at that time, and we are going to stop and anoint everybody in this church who is doing a service for God. And we'll start off in a brand new season with brand new ideas, with brand new vision that the church will bring. And as much as that is great, we're going to have the musicians come out in this line. We will anoint them for the new season. We will anoint you, Anna, in this industry. We will anoint you. And we, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm simply saying I think it's a great idea. That sometimes, you know, we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit to do the work God has called us to do. I'll just leave that with you. Now let's start the service. Because God says this. I want to build something in Erdens and Elam. And therefore, I want you to go and tell the people in Erdens and Elam that I've been given all authority in heaven and in earth. I want you, therefore, to go and make disciples of people in Erdens and Elam. I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the Holy Spirit. And I want you to teach them, these new people that are coming into our church, all about me, all about how to live for me. And I want you to be assured of this. I'm going to be with you always to the end of the earth. And this morning I want to start off part two of this series. Because two things, we, we mentioned one of them last week, but we didn't go into it fully. First of all, I want you to know you have, Jane, God's authority. You have God's authority. Well, I want to tell you something which I find even greater. I've got God's presence. I'm never going to leave you, Wendy. Go, worship, and I'll never, never leave you. Wow. No matter, Andrew, when you're feeling here or when you're feeling there, I am with you always until the end of this age. You know, when someone says, what gives you the right to tell about Jesus? You can say, well, one, Jesus said, I've got all authority. <laughs> I'm a boss. <laughs> all authority, not just a little bit. But second of all, he said to me, I'm going to be with you wherever you go when you tell the people about Jesus and you can say, God's inside me. His authority is here. I have his presence. I want to tell you the good news of Jesus. No matter how what form that takes. And I want to talk this morning just very, very briefly about these two gifts we have got from God. This authority and His presence. We have got it. We don't ask for it. We have it. You know, that was a, a gift that has come from God. But there was also a, a gift that came from this guy. And he, he said to 
to this woman, would your little boy like an orange? And he gave him an orange. So that's a gift of his orange. And his mom said then, okay, what do you say to him? Little boy standing there, she said, what do you say to him? He's giving you the gift of that orange. Little boy thought for a while and then said, peel it. <laughs> but God has given us a gift. Hasn't he? Peel it! Peel it! You know, you know, Rob's out, he used to be a financial bloke and he was the only man who could peel an orange in his pocket. He, seriously, he made Scrooge look like an absolute throwaway giveaway money. No, seriously, you know, he looked after our money. Peel it! Come on, God has given you the authority of his presence this morning. We are not to walk around as if we have no authority or no presence. We have it in Jesus. Does it make a difference in does it make a difference to you now? For your mandate? How many of us can remember Christmas as a boy or a girl? The excitement of Christmas. And Jesus says, I want to I make you excited because I want to tell you a time that is coming, disciples, when I'm going to leave you. And they said, no, that's not an exciting time. We're sad you're going to leave us. And God says, no, you wait until one day you will be in an upper room and I'm going to give you an extra present. The pouring out of his Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit's promise is God's celebration to us that we can carry on the work Jesus has started. But it said, wait here until Jerusalem. Wait until I give you my gift. I want to know you've got a gift this morning. And it's the Holy Spirit. It's recorded in Acts. And it's for four things as we wrap this up this morning. First of all, God gives you the Spirit because he wants to equip you with power. Service. Second of all, he wants to empower in you his presence. Thirdly, he wants you to go and evangelize wherever you are. Telling the good news, Anna, in your hospital ward about Jesus. And people say to you, I wish there was an answer to this. We can say, There is. There is hope for the hopeless. That does not mean to say God's going to heal everyone. That means God's got a hope for us way beyond this present time of life. Evangelizing the world is not shouting John 3.16 all the time. It's showing God's amazing love. By the way you love people at work. By the way we behave. By the way our actions. But the fourth thing I like, and listen to this one. The reason the Spirit was given was to expect the return of Jesus Christ. To expect the return of Jesus. So let's look at those four things. We will not be long. First of all, you, Mary, have been empowered with the power for service. The disciples were born again. They, they were lovers of Jesus. But they were in an upper room, frightened. What made the difference to Peter when he spoke that day, that sermon, was the Spirit of God fell upon him. I think Peter could have stood up there and said anything. He had no fear. Are you frightened this morning to evangelize with Jesus? Perhaps it's, it's not the way you're made up. We're all made up different. Why not ask Jesus just to empower you with that empowerment he's given you? But please don't say empower me, Jesus. Say, please use the empowerment you have already given me for your service. Don't ask God for something he's already given you, Eunice. He's already empowered you. He's put the Holy Spirit in you. 
But Lord, I need that spirit to work out some empowerment. And you know, sometimes you fear of things. You know one of the things I hate most? And it's knocking on doors. I hate knocking on doors. I hate giving leaflets out because I always get my fingers jammed in the letterbox. I'm always coming away with cut fingers or something and then beware of the dog. And so you're trying to open the letterbox, aren't you? Never says beware the cat. It's always beware of the dog, aren't you? And you I made an aeroplane up of a leaflet once to see if I could sort of do it that way. That, that's, that's me being the best way, wouldn't it? But you know, there are some things I'm not comfortable with. So does that mean I don't do them? No, I say to God, you've got to give me some empowerment. You know, give me that empowerment of courage this morning. Do you hear what I'm saying? And so me and this girl, we went round Reading. Uh, Billy assigned me with his girl, or he signed one of the two anyway. And so we had to go up the Sunday afternoon. It was a wrong time. It was four o'clock. Sky Sports was on. And we were ringing doorbells, Kevin. And some guys was coming out. And basically, they were not particularly interested in no flyers. Uh, but never mind. We'd, and when someone says, get lost, <laughs> you need that encouragement, don't you? To think, <laughs> Come on. No, no, we just walked away. What I'm saying to you is, I don't know. I don't know what sometimes makes you just that little bit afraid. I want to tell you that's okay. Take it to Jesus. He knows your weakness. Let him empower you in the Holy Spirit. You see, God says three things. I want you to receive the Spirit... I want to give them power, and I want that power to be so extraordinary that it changes the world, and it did. In 40 years, the then known world of the Mediterranean, etc., had the gospel like they never had it before. Because witnessing is not showing what we can do for God, it's telling what God has done for us. When you witness, you are not witnessing what we can do for God. We are saying what God has done for you. So when Jane was out there and someone in the street talked about Jane can say, well, listen, all I know is I know a God who changed my life. I know a God who I was going through a difficult situation and I, I prayed to him and God delivered me. Some of you have got some marvelous experiences of God, haven't you? That's a witnessing. Witnesses have just taken every opportunity. I know a God, and I could say, I know a God who does heal and can heal. I know a God who is looking down at you and is, is crying at the way your life has turned out. But I know he can change it. Why? Because he changed mine. He changed mine. My witness is not what I do for God. It's what he's done for me. Hmm? And let me explain what I mean. There's a word called power in the Bible. It's called dunamis. The English translation is dynamite. Just like me, dynamite. Dynamite. Although the word's not clearly defined, there is a difference. You see, the word dynamite... We know it just lasts for a short while. That's why I say it's like male. I'm puff on that. <laughs> I'm not very good at sustain. And don't say amen. But listen, I want to give you an illustration. This is, this is what I have. 
If I have 10 gallons of petrol, right, I can release a tremendous amount of power and energy which will make you stagger and I can do it in a second and it will have a dramatic impact. I'll take my 10 gallons of petrol, stand it there and I'll drop a match in. What will happen? Boom! You'll all be going, woohoo, wow! It will have a dramatic impact for how long? seconds. Just like my preaching. A couple of seconds. Someone said, not even that, Pastor. No, but there is another way. I'll take the same 10 gallons of petrol and I'll pour them into my car and I will go 300 miles for three hours. Same impact for a longer duration. Sorry, I'll correct that. Nowadays, the price of petrol. I'll go 300 feet. Um, <laughs> But do you see the illustration? One has a quick impact as I strike the match. Boom! It's gone. But the other one will take me very far, won't it? It will have a greater impact. And the Holy Spirit hasn't been given to you, Mary, for a quick boom, bang, boom. It's been given to you to last for eternity. It's been given to you for the duration of your time here on earth. Rejoice! You're not just a boom, poof, bath. You really are a long-staying... Sorry. You're a long-staying person in the power of the Holy Spirit. As long as you breathe this world. The Spirit's there. Isn't it? So please don't ask to strike a march in a can. Ask to be the one that's part of the car. That's the same word, dunamis. One means a powerful impact instantly. The other means a powerful impact consistently. Do you want to be just a flash in the pan? Or do you want to be someone who constantly is empowered by the Holy Spirit? I tell you what, I'm, I'm excited about this this morning. That listen, I have God's authority, but I've got God's power. You've got God's power. You don't have to apologise to anybody. No, we don't. We, we should not be apologising to anyone. All power and all authority has what? Go you therefore into the world. Sorry, we shouldn't be pointing, but you know what I'm trying to say. I think I've got to wrap it up. Time has gone on. and You see, the ability of this Junos is that we will just witness for Jesus whenever the opportunity arises. We don't force it. You allow God to bring you encounters. I'm reading a book at the moment called divine appointments and it's basically chill out if you say to God every day I'm here God I want to do whatever you've called me to do today and I just wanted to you to flow through me today and you get on with your ordinary work you'll be surprised at the divine appointments God brings along your way because you're not trying to manufacture we are not here to manufacture anything we are here to allow God's divine power and presence to operate in our lives. And we are here with the same power that Jesus demonstrated when he touched the woman's garment, when he touched Jairus' daughter, when he raised the dead. So, we are to witness and pipe haze. I'm going to finish with this one. I missed two out. I'm just going to finish. One of the great things about the Holy Spirit is that once you 
to be encouraged that Jesus is coming again. You see, after his resurrection, the angel said this, why do you stand gazing up to heaven? This same Jesus, who you have seen go, is coming back. Nothing will thrill your heart more than allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you about the return of the Master. The first century Christians thought they were never going to die. They lived in the expectation of the return of Jesus. That's why, you see, they were so passionate to tell the good news. They knew that there was such a short time left that if they didn't tell the good news, the world would not be evangelized. And we don't know what time we've got left. And whoever comes into ministering to this new church, well, not new church, comes into ministering to this church, he still doesn't know, or they don't know, what time you've got left. This may be your last season. It may be your last opportunity to witness for Jesus. David said, as I'm finished, I'm not going home. I'm not going to bed. I'm not going to sleep. I'm not taking time to even to rest until I find a home for God. Today, you and I have been given that mandate. The vision is still alive. Don't look for success in numbers. Don't look for success in where you think success. Let me leave with, again, this thought from understanding. If Erdington Elam Church wants success for now and the future, we must respond to the authority and presence of the Holy Spirit. We must be willing to go out and tell the good news to those people out there. We must rely totally upon the Holy Spirit. And it's not your judge or my judge for success. Because let it be said in heaven, Erdington Elam Church was willing to do what God had called them to do. If the only guaranteed outcome was satisfaction of knowing that Erdington Elam did what God had called them to do for his name's sake.